in the fifth chapter of the Gospel according to St. John, we read of a man who had been sick for 38 years. He had laid in his sickness. He'd suffered and he was no longer able to have hope. All of us can respond to suffering in so many different ways. And the first thing we should say is every one of us is capable of falling into despair. It is possible for any one of us to sink into to hopelessness like this man. We can be led to hopelessness or through our suffering we can be led to repentance. But let us be clear, if we allow impatience and resentment to grow in our heart, if we respond to difficulties without contrition, if we aren't able to recognize our own sinfulness, even as we suffer, as St. Gregory Palma says, we may actually store even greater woes for ourselves on God's final day. A lack of patience, a lack of repentance, a lack of contrition. Immediately, worldly voices will, will cry out to us when we hear this teaching. They will say, what about justice? Where's justice in this suffering? Of course, it is a worldly standard of justice. And many voices will point to examples of supposedly innocent people suffering in terrible ways. And we see indeed children, children who are innocent, who do suffer. But because of this, worldly voices will reject this saving teaching and say, ah, but the reality of injustice means that all suffering must be railed against, that somehow I must cry out against the injustice of my suffering. God calls us to what is called a saving morning. A saving morning. It is repentance. Divine consolation and comfort is not as the world would tell us. It is not as the world would have us believe. We must try to avoid turning our faith into yet another well-being source of happiness, a technique for well-being, looking for really spiritual highs and spiritual comforts that are no more than spiritual sensuality, a spiritual sensuality that replaces simply the, the material sensuality that the world has to offer. Now, there are spiritual comforts, but they are not ours to demand, they are not ours to claim in this sense. God gives comfort when he will, and we simply must trust, we must believe, and we must be patient. There's a line from King David, he says, let us, let us worship, let us fall down and weep. Let us worship fall down and weep. Father Seraphim Rose reminds us that one of the signs of true Christianity is pain of heart. He says there can be no Christianity, no true Christianity without pain of heart. 
pain of contrition over our sins. And again, St. Gregory Palamas says to us, anyone devoid of this kind of sadness, this mourning, this pain of heart over our sins has not obeyed the Lord. If we exist in a condition that is entirely free from any pain of heart over our sins, any contrition at all, we are living in disobedience. Jesus says, blessed are they that mourn. And of course even the holy apostles mourned. And not just over their sins, but because they recognized as a consequence of drawing so close to Christ, how humanity has exchanged for paradise, for friendship with God. Humanity has exchanged the things of this world, has taken, sold off paradise for these worldly, material, bodily comforts. We have fallen and we have taken a fallen world in exchange for paradise the joy of paradise. And the closer the saints draw to God, the clearer this reality becomes to them. It is known to them, shown to them. We have given away the company of angels to pursue our own desires. But in our sorrow, we have joy. We have joy in sorrow. And we have gratitude even in our sorrow. God has not abandoned us. In the holy mysteries of the church, God meets with us. If we confess our sins, God promises to forgive us. If we receive his body and his blood in Holy Communion, he joins himself to us. He gives us new life. When we suffer, we mustn't imagine that God has in any way abandoned us. This is the road to despair. This is the road of deception. When we suffer, we are to turn to him in prayer. St. John Chrysostom says, if we truly love God, we will love his will in everything and accept his will in everything. Everything that he permits. Even when he permits us to suffer because we trust that it is his will for us to be saved. And through patient endurance, we can enter into this salvation. We mustn't set our eyes on the things of this world but eternity, always set our eyes on eternity. It is the perspective of eternity that gives everything meaning, death, suffering, and life itself. This is the only perspective that will be able to bring us the reality of the fleeting nature, both of our life and our sufferings in this life. 
all our struggles, the fleeting nature of them. God permits us to suffer, but only for a time. The man Jesus healed there in the, the Gospel of St. John, the fifth chapter, he'd laid there for 38 years and suffering. His inability to live a life had become a way of life for him. And he accepted it. He accepted it in the sense that he longed for nothing else. He gave up. He no longer reached for the stir of the water where he believed the miracle would take place. His sickness had become a way of life for him. Which is why Jesus says to him, do you want to be healed? At first, we may wonder what a strange question this is for Jesus to put to a man who'd laid sick for 38 years. Do you want to be healed? In other words, Jesus says to him, are you willing to accept the change that my healing will bring to your life, the disruption to the way of life that you have grown accustomed to? Are you willing to accept everything that my healing will demand of you? It took 38 years of pain for that man to be able to encounter Jesus and find healing. And in some sense, some people will say, ah, oh, but this is a story where Jesus does come and he just does relieve pain. And it is God's will to bring healing. We see this throughout Christ's ministry. This is the gospel breaking into this fallen world. But it took 38 years of suffering for that man to be ready to be truly encountering Christ in his fullness and his truth. And to us, Jesus says the same thing. He asks us, are we willing to accept whatever it takes in order to be healed? When we cry out to Christ, when we pray for salvation and forgiveness, when we pray that our sins will be taken from us, are we willing to accept what Christ will do to heal us? Are we willing to accept what Christ will do to save us?